to the Dark Depth Podcast, your go-to place for the modern legacy format. I'm one of your hosts, Billy Mitchell, and with me, as always, the great distortion himself, Michael Mastin. How are you? I am uh, feeling a little bit defeated, but that's okay. Oh, that's okay. Why? Why are you defeated? Um, it was a long day at work. Mm. Um, so you know, I work at a bank. One of the things that's very good for me is when I have uh, clients who have a lot of money okay. and my client who has the most money, who I had a great relationship with, um, my, uh, one of my coworkers just like completely, uh, made them so angry today. And then my manager tried to step in to smooth things down and I think made things worse. No, no. <laughs> um, and this was happening while I was, uh, in the middle of missing my lunch to help somebody who I ended up not being able to help. Like I, I sat with this person for like over an hour and accomplished nothing. Um, and then my day kept going along those lines. So. Okay. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> yes. Well. It was uh, not ideal, but that's okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Got magic to play this weekend. Got magic to play next weekend. Life is good. That's true. That's true. Just maybe not today. <laughs> no. But, I mean, yeah, I guess we, I, I know you and I are both testing a bunch uh, for Eternal Weekend this week. Um, I guess, I, I want to say this weekend, but, like, it's honestly, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Four days of our lives uh, will be devoted, essentially, to either getting there or actually playing Magic this weekend. So, you know, I can just say this week. Uh, we need to get back to testing. We have a lot of stuff we still need to figure out, sideboards and uh, deck selections and things like that. So I don't want to drag out Legacy too much, especially since I think next week we're going to have a ton to talk about from the actual event. So I, I feel like we don't need to uh, beat a dead horse uh, two weeks in a row. But I guess we still have some exciting magic news in the the magic sphere, right? We ended up having a Ben restricted announcement, uh, which I guess with the timing of it, it's actually going to be really significant because we did see changes in Pioneer. We saw changes in Modern. Uh, we saw changes in Explorer and Popper as well, but Modern, obviously a format that you and I both are big fans of, hence the podcast. Uh, but we also have uh, Pioneer, which I know you is an event you are going to be playing in in two weeks, like you mentioned, in Atlanta. So that is a uh, definitely a relevant ban and unban. I guess briefly touch on Pioneer just because... I know you are probably looking at it a, a bit with the uh, RC in two weeks. Um, Carl the Great Creator, banned. Geo Geological Appraiser, banned. Smuggler's Copter, unbanned. Uh, I, I'm sure you don't want to go too far into the uh, the Pioneer hole, but um, any any thoughts on the bans and unbanned for Pioneer? Oh, tons of thoughts. Um, one, it's hilarious that they finally banned green. Um, for those who don't pay too much attention to the format, green is at uh, green was like just kind of de facto one of like the best three decks for like ages and ages. And lately, it's had its lowest uh, representation. Um, it's like not as popular as it's been, and its win rate has actually been. You know, like, it's still playable-ish, but it's been at a very low point for it, hovering in, like, the high 40s um, for the first time in, like, years. So it's just, like, so bizarre that it was, like, I'm the best deck, I'm the best deck, I'm the best deck, I'm the best deck. It's like, I'm 
I'm falling off. People are catching up. And then they're like, you know what? Let's just completely just shoot you while we're at it. <laughs> um, it's just like, you know, it just doesn't make sense. So, I, I like, and I mean, I do get it. Because um, even when it's not the most popular deck, or I should say not the best performing, people are still making choices around it. Mm-hmm. And playing against Karn and them just having sideboard cards whenever is like miserable. Um, having it just completely shut down certain things. Like, I don't know if you've ever tried to play Grease Fang versus Karn, um, but it's not a good experience. Or like, I like Rakdosak, that's one of my favorite decks in the format. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm doing all these cool things, I'm having some fun, I've got the Switches of it, I've got a few treasure tokens. Mm-hmm. And then your opponent plays a card and you're like, well, I was playing Magic, mm-hmm. but now I'll have this 1-1. One, one. Oh, you played a 5-6? That's cool. <laughs> um, so... Like, I do get it, but it just, the timing feels so funny. And they they even acknowledged in the thing that, like, the deck's not winning at the clip it used to. But they also basically said, we've been ignoring Pioneer for about a year and a half. We figured we should start managing it again. It's like, cool, thanks. Where was that for the past miserable year and a half? Mm -hmm. Um, Also, it's... I don't know. It's weird to me that they would... I mean, I guess the fact that... I appreciate the fact that they do acknowledge hey, we weren't paying attention for the last year and a half, our bad. But also, it's really weird that you'd be like, yeah, Pioneer's a real format. We're not going to care about it for a year and a half, though. But but it is a real format. I, I just don't understand the idea of having it as an RC format and an RCQ format and you know whatnot, but then also not being on top of, of it. Like, it, it just, it strikes me as very odd. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where they were like, People are playing it. It's clearly fine, but like, it really wasn't fine. Most people who were playing it were unhappy. Um, so, I don't know. And then geological appraiser getting banned also makes sense. Um, so that was part of the hot new combo deck, and you could interact with it, but it still put up. It was well incredibly popular and put up like relatively decent results. Not anything like. Not anything over the top, you know, like it wasn't oppressive, but like the gameplay is miserable. It's like you have to hold up interaction on turn three. Uh, if you don't, then you're just like 100% to lose. If you don't have the right interaction, you're like 100% to lose. It's like, you know, it sucks to suck. Um, there's no real thought involved in it. It's like, oh, my opponent tapped out? Okay, well, play this one card. Um, I don't have to like, no, like, you know, you have to know how your deck works, but it's not like you have to know how your deck works in the same way as, like, when you're playing Ad Nauseum Tendrils mm-hmm. or something like that. It's just, like, play this thing, Cascade, play this... Well, Discover. Play mm-hmm. this thing, Discover. Play this thing, Discover. Play this thing, Discover. Oh, you're dead. Sick. I did it. Yeah. So, it's just, um... You know, I think it is good to get it out of the format. I feel a little bit sad because the last of my cards for the deck just showed up in the mail yesterday. Of course you did. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I was going to play the deck anyways, but it would have been nice to, like, you know, play it at, like, a 1K or, like, at least one RCQ or something before I, before I got banned. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't spend a ton, but still. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely very frustrating. Uh, and then, in terms of Smuggler's Copter getting unbanned, uh... Cool. That card's pretty fun to play with. Um, it seems to fit well into Rakdosak, which I already mentioned is one of my favorite decks. Um, I th- also think it, you know, it powers up a lot of decks. 
I mean, it's a colorless card mm-hmm. uh, that is aggressively costed, so it can only be oh so bad if you're playing creatures, right? Yeah. Um, but I do think there's a couple things that do make a lot of sense for that deck, so I kind of wish I had more time to try them out. Uh, I feel dumb because I had an extra day off at work this week, and I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't want that. I'm going to work. <laughs> and then... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that day was actually today, and today sucked, and I could have been home trying out smaller decks. Mm-hmm. So um, it sounds like a joke, but I really want to try it in Merfolk. I played a Merfolk list last week where I was like, I, I had seen it on paper, and I was like, this can't be good, right? And I just like, I don't know, I kept eating at my brain, and I was like, I'm going to play it, so then I know it's bad. Mm-hmm. And then I played it and was like, oh, this is kind of good, mm-hmm. but could really use a two drop. And now they gave me a, a new two drop, so like, I kind of have to try it again. Yeah, cool. All right, well, I mean, and this is like in specifically Pioneer, right? That's a, a Merfolk deck. It's interesting. Well, so there's, um, you can play just like normal Merfolkish things. I was playing like this weird combo deck because, of course, I was mm-hmm. a creature based combo deck. Naturally. What else would I do? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there is a two mana enchantment, like whenever one of your non-token merfolks becomes tapped, you get to make one one. Um, so you get to have Kamina's Speaker, I think it's called, mm-hmm. um, which is like untapped target merfolk. So you can like, if you have two of them, you can go infinite um, mm. and you can do things with Agatha Soul Cauldron. And then you have Kumina where you can just like tap things to make it unblockable. Uh, but now with Smuggler's Copter, you can just like tap to crew. Uh, so just, like, at the end yeah. of your opponent's turn, any merfolk you have, you'd be like, tap, 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 tap up, make five guys, like, untap. And, you know, it just seems like you could do some silly stuff. And also, Copter fueling um, Agatha Soul Cauldron seems good. Like, hmm. at the end of the day, this deck is probably not going to be good enough for me to want to take it to the RC. Plus, I just spent, like, $300 on Pioneer cards, and I didn't buy any merfolk. So, <laughs> um, yeah. That's another thing, mm-hmm. and um, but I would not be surprised if I play this in at least one RC or sorry RCQ next season. Okay. Well, and two seasons. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, I, uh, sorry, I was gonna say I do want to get to modern, mm-hmm. but while talking about ordering cards, I just want to share one complaint real quick. <laughs> okay. Um, so event is coming up soon, so need the cards. It is mind-blowing to me that when you order cards on TCG Player, it's just, like, 12 to 15-day shipping yes. is, like, the norm. Like, mm-hmm. I understand a lot of times your cards come sooner, but, like, why do they do that? And then, also, it's wild to me there's not rules for, like, how fast um, vendors have to communicate with you. I bought um, I bought a fairly expensive Magic card this week. It doesn't matter what it is. True. Um, and... I would actually like to play it in Eternal Weekend. Um, I don't necessarily need it, but it would be nice to play my own copy and not have to borrow, yada, yada. So I left a note for the vendor that said, hey, um, if there's any way that you can like charge me separately on PayPal or like add a cost here or whatever, I would love to pay for expedited shipping. Um, or if any of your employees are going to be at Eternal Weekend, I would love to do like out of event pickup. Um, like, let me know if there's any way we can work this out. Um, so, you know, I don't think they're under any obligation to say yes. I'm not flaming them for that or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not even naming them, right? Yeah. But it's been multiple days, and I haven't heard a response. And it's like, 
if I message you about an order, you should have to respond within 48 hours. Yeah. It's reasonable. It's a, I mean, like, assuming, and I, I've learned this from AU, because they, they've, our friends at Alter Universes correct me on this all the time. Like, weekends don't count. So, if, you know, if you ordered it on Friday afternoon, they, 48 hours starts from when they actually get back into the office on Monday. So I'm, I'm okay on that, I guess, but. Uh, I don't love it, but I can respect it, I guess. That's where I'm at, too. I, I, <laughs> I understand. Not happy, but fine. Um, the, <laughs> yeah, that, I, I definitely had an order from TCG that came I want to say it was like three weeks after I ordered it, and I literally forgot that I had ordered it. And I was like, "What is though? Oh, go! I don't have this. Oh, okay, cool. That's that's good. Glad I got it finally. I guess. Um, yeah, I don't three three weeks is too long. I just and it's you know it's one of those things where like I I know you don't have to, but like if you can get it to me sooner, that's great. Um, I, I do want to shout out uh, Tales of Adventure because I. Um, one, I actually ordered a bunch of cards from them for event pickup, so I have uh, my... It, it, once again, it doesn't matter. I've, I've got a bunch of cards that I'm picking up from them. Uh, that's where I bought my Pioneer cards. That's a, they're a good store. They, they have a good stock. They have uh, really fast shipping. That's the, the one thing. I ordered something from them. Uh, I want to say it was before, like, FCG Baltimore or something like that. And I was like, oh, man, it's cutting kind of close. I mean, like, the event's on... Saturday and I'm ordering it like a week before or like maybe it won't get here in time it I ordered it on like a Friday and I got it on a Monday and I was like how did this how did this happen like I'm just expecting to see like uh you know somebody from the store just like driving off and like waving goodbye uh but well to be fair um we are fairly local to them we are you know I know that's not like either of our LGSs but I think us getting something next day is not unreasonable, but I do think they're very good about like if you order something, it is in the mail within like by the next afternoon. Yeah, yeah, they do a very good job with that. And even with the uh, event pickup, um, I know Calf uh, was messaging on Twitter, posting on Twitter, just hey, if you wanted a card for the event, you need to order it by two o'clock today, or you're not getting it. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, definitely, they're very vigilant about that, which I appreciate. I'd rather be able to play the game of Magic, uh, rather than try to scramble for cards all weekend. That just seems truly awful, so. Yeah, I, f- I forgot to order something. I hope, uh, I hope I decide the card was bad. That's, I have also a card that I just, like, refused to pull the trigger on, but I, I definitely should have just bought it just so I had it. And I just literally forgot. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, mine, mine was me being stubborn. Uh, no, my card's like two dollars. Like I don't, I don't care. <laughs> okay. Yeah, mine, mine was like ten. So I was just like, you know, being me. But it's whatever. It's good. It's all good. It'll work out. Uh, speaking of working out, uh, let's talk about the bands in modern, which I'm generally, well, I guess generally happy with. Uh, we are seeing a two cards banned. We get fury banned, and we also get up the beanstalk banned. Um, and I think we were expecting something from the scam deck to get banned. I, I think between the possible culprits, you know, I think uh, Fury and Grief were probably the highest probability. Uh, I think Orchestra Master was very low on the on the percentage chance. And I think uh, anyone hoping to ban Not Dead After All or anything like that was, you know, not in the right mind. So um, what, do you, what do you think about the Fury ban? 
I think it makes sense. Um, it is, you know, not necessarily the thing I would have liked to have gone from scam, mm. um, but it does make sense. Um, my concern is that, I don't know, it, it being the fast clock means I totally get it. But the games that I lost to Fury were not necessarily the most miserable to me because at least they end quick mm -hmm. versus when they grief you and then you like don't draw out of it. But then the game still just like takes a while mm -hmm. um, and then they like pull so far ahead. But like if you can kill the grief or whatever, it just like doesn't matter at that point. So I'm worried that it left the more miserable half of the deck in place. But having only half those starts where it's like, oh, they did the thing. Mm -hmm. um, that's obviously really good. And having some freedom for creatures to exist is also obviously really good. Yeah, I mean, the part of the issue now, too, is, like, if you are playing red-black evoke, if we're calling that that deck, um, red-black no, evoke. No, we call it scam here. <laughs> red-black scam. Um, your probability of actually hitting an evoke creature is significantly cut down, right? Like, you, you, there's only a black one, not a red and a black. So, like, the probability of you having that you know the quote-unquote scam start is just so much less now so i'm i'm wondering if you even want to necessarily be in that kind of red black deck where you're playing that like is it worth playing six copies of you know not dead after all or whatnot uh just to you know potentially feed your four griefs or do you want to do something else with those slots i don't i i'm not sure um so my thought is you definitely want to play less if that's still a thing you're doing, but then it's like, well, maybe you just don't do it at all because it's so hard to have it line up. But like, just playing that one in Orcish Bowmasters is not bad, mm -hmm. you know? Playing it on Adolfi Voidwalker is not bad. Um, it's obviously not as good. And I do think the deck will, you know, it's definitely not going to be the deck that we know and hate <laughs> currently. Yeah. But like, I can still see people trying to play it or something similar. And that is my concern um, that that is still miserable. And I know I've seen people talking about playing it in black white shells mm -hmm. where you get ephemerate as well. And, you know, if you thought <laughs> grief hitting you twice was miserable, mm -hmm. just wait until you have it hit you twice on turn one and then again the following turn just to be safe. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the play pattern, and I, I do agree with it. Like, the idea of, you know, I, I play this 1-1 one, one and a 2-2, two, two, and they die to Fury, and then they get also get a 4-4. Four, four. It's like, that is super annoying. Um, Obviously, the situations where you have, like, oh, I've got an 8-8 eight, eight Murktide, and they're like, yeah, Fury, Evoke, <laughs> and, you know, I'll bring it back, deal another 4 damage to your Murktide, it's dead. It's like, that also feels much worse, yes. But, like, the number of games I've sat there, I'm like, okay, here is a uh, Death Shadow. And they're like, okay, cool, I'm going to Solitude that. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then they Ephemerate. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to play any other creatures because I don't want to get that Solitude at all, though. So I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just pass the turn. Like, Solitude still ends up being a time walk in a lot of situations, um, which I, I don't... I, I don't think they mention in here. Like, they, they obviously mention that, like, maybe there will be some white versions with Ephemerate and Solitude, yes. But, like, I don't think they realize how annoying Ephemerate actually is. I, I think that card is somehow more annoying than than any of the uh, the black variants. Yeah, it definitely is more annoying. Just, like, knowing it's going to happen and just being like, 
oh, I guess I can't do a thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it, it is slower. Um, a 3-2 is a much slower clock than a 4-4 four, four double strike. Um, so you can definitely make the argument, oh, it's not as miserable. Uh, but just because it's not as powerful doesn't mean that it's more enjoyable. And I think, you know, I, I do think there is... Obviously, you want to ban cards for power level, but I also think you want to make sure that people are able to just enjoy the format. Yeah, which and that's and again, this kind of goes back to my point of the devote creatures in general. Like it, the only one that I feel like is really doing the thing for for the team, I feel like is uh, subtlety. I I think I do see your point about endurance being something that is generally more fair. Um, and playable in more circumstances, but like I, the, the grief, solitude, fury is still the three that I'm like, yeah. I don't know who that's for, but like, they they need to take a seat. Uh, those those three are definitely the most annoying and definitely limit the amount of things um, that you can do. And I, I do think that grief is, um, I guess, out of the remaining ones is definitely the most annoying. But solitude is is very very close. Um, and honestly, still, I guess it, if you're talking about things like the endurance, like that one, definitely a, a beating against graveyard decks. But like graveyard decks are doing something inherently unfair. Fine. Um, even the uh, subtlety, I think, is is really nice, just because like you are talking about things that are generally uncounterable, which are very annoying in themselves. So being like, no, 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 this is still getting quote unquote countered. It's totally fine. Uh, that, I don't know, man. I worked. <laughs> I worked to put that Cavern of Souls in play. Yeah. The, that Cavern of Souls, that Delighted Halfling. Yeah, that was hard work. Hard work by you. I, I, I only play one, maybe two of those in my deck. I had to find it. I had to, like, wait for an Urza Saga to go to three and then crack an Expedition map. Just let me resolve my Primeval Titan, man. No, I, I won't. Uh, hater. <laughs> I am. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely a hater. Yeah. Um, I just want to make sure you know. <laughs> Good. Uh, well, do do you know why Up the Beanstalk got banned? Is that I, I feel like looking at the ban, I, I thought people considered that to be a really awkward uh, ban. One because it's so recent. Obviously, it was a card out of uh, Wilds of Drain, so very new. But also, it's a I think it's a deck that is performing well. Um, but I don't think it's like it didn't strike me as the heir apparent after Scam got knocked down a peg, but they still thought it was a good time to actually take action on it. Huh, I mean, I think it was easily one of the best performing decks. Well, I shouldn't say easily, but I do believe it was one of the best performing decks. I know a lot of people found the play patterns miserable. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you just think about how far, willing, how far people were willing to warp their decks to play it, um, the fact that it was kind of supplanting Rhinos and... Uh, a better choice than something like Ancestral Vision. Um, I think it was just like, hey, if people are willing to go this far to play this, obviously this is too good. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it, you know, I think it did a similar thing where it kind of just very much beat up on all the other creature decks and it kind of removed, any, it removed much of the cost of playing answers, right? Like, again, when you're Leyline Binding, um, it's supposed to one-for-one -one people, but like, you play it and go up two cards. That's just like <laughs> yeah. not okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, cards roll messed up. Um, yeah, it's definitely one that I'm 
like I think there are definitely some other things in modern that are going to uh, rise to the occasion. No, no pun intended without the beanstalk. Uh, but I think that this was definitely a good preemptive thing. I think if you didn't ban up the beanstalk now, you were going to end up banning it in another month or two anyways. You might as well just, uh, you know, clip them uh, at the bud while you're at it. That one was yeah. intentional. And I was going to ignore it. Um, the other thing is, I just think um, it being an uncommon mm-hmm. and like not being too expensive, it's also just like a reasonable ban. Get it gone now while it's still in print. Like, I think if you waited a few years from now, that card might have gotten expensive. And I know they're not supposed to take into account um, cost too much. Mm-hmm. And you know, I actually think it's good if they don't. But I think just kind of getting rid of it now feels a lot better than waiting a couple of years and getting rid of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing as, like, Wilderness Reclamation. I think it's an, another one of those cards that, like, it is... Because it's currently cheap and this card is obviously busted, we are just going to move on, pretend this didn't happen, and when you open this uncommon, you'll be like, oh, remember when that was legal? Like, and that's totally fine. It's not the... Not the feel bad of um, banning Oko and, you know, not being able to play that in standard anymore or, you know, eventually that cascading, keep pushing it back, keep pushing it back, keep pushing it back, and eventually you get to modern where it's like, ah, we don't want to do that to, to Oko again. The, the poor players, it's like, nah, you gotta, you just got to get rid of it. Um, and I don't think, I mean, obviously up the Beanstalk is legacy playable, right? We're, we're seeing plenty of legacy decks playing that card. Um, and I, I think it's one of the decks I think that I am kind of, aware of at least going into eternal weekend um with the i know there's like a really cool full tie shell around it um that i'm i've been enjoying it but that's one of those decks that if it is one of those cards rather that if up the beanstalk is good in your legacy deck you can they can deal with that that is that is more than manageable for most people uh but modern it is a, a definitely a tough sell to try to come back from that that level of card advantage yeah i will say um, you know, you mentioned it being good in Legacy. We are seeing it kind of fall off, I feel like. Uh, a lot of people are kind of reverting back to the One Ring. But it is, you know, still a card. Still something people are playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely... And they actually mentioned this, too, which I appreciate. Uh, the little the little blurb about Legacy. So just so everybody's on the same page about what their current thoughts are. Which, uh, you know, Gavin, if you're, if you're listening... Uh, I definitely appreciate this being in there. I know uh, this was actually written by uh, Dan Musser. Um, I don't know if Dan listens to the show, though. Maybe he does. I don't know. Dan, if you listen to the show, let us know. Um, but if I just like having an idea about where we're feeling, because obviously we talk about the, the the format, both Modern and Legacy, so often that I think to us it just sounds like, you know, like we have this, this small echo chamber, right? But it's really nice to see our thoughts kind of reflected on the page when we actually look through these uh, ban and restricted announcements. Uh, but so, I, I did like them mentioning in Legacy, uh, Orcish Masters, Lord and Revealed, Troll of Kazakh Doom, uh, Fourth Aerolingus, Up the Beanstalk, Questing Druid, Beseech the Mirror, and Molten Collapse all being cards that have impacted the Legacy format. Those are, I mean, even the Molten Collapse is definitely the one where I'm, I, I have not seen it actually resolved in legacy yet but i have seen it resolved um in in modern and i've been impressed with it there so i am not surprised to see it 
you know, on this list of cards. Uh, I've been, so I haven't had a cast against me, but I have seen, been seeing it pop up in um, Grixis Delver's list, mm-hmm. um, which is a little unfortunate uh, for every deck I play, right? Um, <laughs> yes. That's... Well, so like if I'm on, let's say I'm on Depths, mm-hmm. if I'm on Green White Depths, and my opponent gets to be like, I will kill your, <laughs> kill your Knight of the Reliquary and blow up your Mox Diamond. Like, one, this Mox Diamond is supposed to be safe from land destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, which I know this isn't land destruction, but, like, it feels like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're also not supposed to have removal that kills my knight. So, <laughs> hate that. Yeah. Um, and it destroys none. Is it non? It's non-land. Non-creature, right? non-land permanent. Yeah, so you can't you can't blow up like a Earth of Saga. That'd be. I was just gonna make sure you couldn't blow up like my Elvish Reclaimer no. and my Knight, because that would suck. Um, plan, you know, if I'm on initiative and you blow up my Chalice and kill my guy, and then now you can cast your Lightning Bolt or whatever to kill my other guy, mm-hmm. I'm not happy. Um, if I am on uh, post and you blow up my my pissing needle on wasteland and you actually don't really need to kill a creature but let's say you kill my uh, reclaimer reclaimer and my pissing needle and then you wasteland me i'm upset (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah uh it is uh it's definitely a i mean for two mana especially it it is a lot of value and like i understand that the the second uh choice is still what mana value one or less but like there's enough there's enough stuff (laughs) <laughs> like carpet of flowers oh my gosh yes absolutely let me blow up that carpet not deal with that anymore i've definitely fallen victim to a number of carpets in the past week or two so that would be a really sweet thing to add a grixis um yeah i mean i i am very happy i think legacy does not need any bands right now i think we're in a pretty good spot all things considered so i'm happy with no action especially Right before Eternal Weekend, I mean, maybe maybe something will happen after. Like maybe there's something that we're missing, but I think overall the format is pretty healthy. Yeah, I agree. So going into modern, um, going back to modern, mm-hmm. what are you playing in this post ban world? Uh, I think I think I'm gonna go back and try uh, Shadow again. I think uh, if we're looking for cards that are freed uh, or I guess at least made a little bit better like uh, not having to deal with the combination of fury and orcish bowmaster does make me uh, a little bit more willing to start playing uh, a deck like that like that fury is one of those cards that ends up making your really smart decisions really really bad very very quickly uh, so not having to deal with that amount of pressure being able to actually play expressive iteration um all that seems appealing to me where i I think that shadow is is definitely more viable i'll have that sleeved up um over the weekend as a a modern deck i don't have anything else sleeved up as far as modern is concerned um i i think murktide also obviously is a is a really nice choice that is another matchup that i did not like having uh ragavans and drcs just get like blown out because i played them on even, like, I slow-rolled them and played them on turn three. But, you know, my two 3-3 three, three, uh, DRCs still get destroyed by a, a Fury and, a, you know, not dead after all. Like, that's that feels bad. So, 
I, I think that's a little bit more appealing to me now. I mean, I think the deck's never really been terrible anyways. I think Marktide Regent um, and Friends is, is just a decent strategy in Modern regardless. But uh, I think that is where I would be. Um, I, I don't obviously play the deck, but I, I do think that the uh, the level zero deck, if you want to call it that, is obviously Yawgmaw. I think that deck does get to come back to play a little bit more. But again, I, I actually like the the matchup you get from either the Murktide side or the uh, Shadow side of um, the Yawgmoth matchup. So I'm I'm pretty good. Okay. I, personally, uh, to the surprise of no one, am going to go to Amulet Titan. Oh, they're going to play Model White Hammer. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I know, right? Um, so I don't care what people say. I think Yawgmoth is a good matchup. I know some people tell me I'm wrong, but... I don't know. I have played it a fair number of times. I've won it a fair number of times, and it has not felt particularly challenging if they do not have Blood Moon in their deck. I just don't think they have good interaction mm-hmm. outside of, like, Force of Vigor post-board, which is obviously insane, but, you know, quite beatable. Yeah. Um, I've seen people talking about Footfalls being a big winner. I think mm-hmm. that matchup is kind of rough, depending on how Footfalls is built, but that's okay. Um Hammer, I think, is going to pop up a lot more, too, and that matchup's really good. People have been talking about this being good for Tron. That matchup's really good. Um, so I just, you know, I think Amulet is very powerful, and Scam was really one of its worst matchups, and Amulet was still one of the best-performing decks in the field. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think it is a good time. The Rise of Murktide region is rough. That matchup is, I think, legitimately not good, but I also kind of enjoy playing it. Um and personally, I don't know. I've I found when you want to win it, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, if they then decide they want to win it more, um, <laughs> I think they would win. <laughs> but in the meantime, um, you know, I think you can do things to get wins. Uh, another deck I'm excited for is another one of my favorites um, in uh, the Breach deck. I think, uh, you know, Scam was just like a really rough matchup for that deck. Mm-hmm. And... Outside of that, uh, a lot of decks I think I am pretty fine to play against. And I also think your matchup against Murktide is uh, definitely favorable. So having a metagame where Murktide becomes like the de facto best deck again, um, and you lose your you lose your like worst matchup that happened to be like 20% of the field, I think that is a good place to be. I do also want to see if, the Merfolk deck, I don't remember the, the Merfolk deck that was playing, like, Morrow, Regiri, uh, and, like, the One Ring to kind of, like, combo off. I want to see if that deck ends up picking up some steam. Like, that was a, a really neat deck that I think could not actually beat an Honest Fury, um, you know, quote-unquote Honest Fury, um, if it needed to. So I, I think that is a deck that, you know, we might actually see emerge a little bit more. Now that it's not being suppressed by a, what I imagine would be a bad matchup, I, once again, that's not a not a, a matchup I'm pr- very familiar with. But it, it just seems like you know picking off the Merfolk deck uh, card by card uh, between you know your fatal pushes, your furies, uh, di- dismantling their hand with grief, um, and you know taking the one ring before they have a chance to play it. I think that seemed really rough on paper. So I, I wonder if we will see some kind of uh, resurgence of that deck. I, I was hot for like a week or two, um, but it, it never seemed like it was 
terrible. Like, it never seemed like it um, was unplayable, but I, I think with Scam being your most po- the most popular deck, I, I don't know how you would be able to play that uh, through a, a big event and be successful. Yeah, I um, I like Merfolk, so I can get behind this. Mm. I can't imagine that deck actually seeing much play, and I think, I don't know, I do think the deck will always be a little bit gimmicky, mm. um, which doesn't necessarily make it bad, um, but I, I don't know how strong it is, even without Fury, but I would certainly be open to trying it. Especially, you know, if I just like accidentally buy all the, the Pioneer cards, and then... <laughs> And it's like, oh, well, I might as well buy the modern Merfolk yeah. cards, even though they don't overlap. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I just like typal decks, I think, yeah. honestly. So That's fair. Uh, I mean, well, the one thing I do want to, I guess, check into, or at least, you know, have, have uh, you know, Nikachu give me an update on is uh, I we haven't seen uh, Tishana's Tidebinder in that deck, or I keep wanting to say Tishana's Tidebinder. Is that right, Tishana? I think so. Okay, Tishana's yes. Tidebinder. Uh, we haven't seen that actually in I haven't seen it in the Merfolk deck at least. Let me let me preface that. But um so I, I do wonder if that would be something to kind of push that deck over the edge. Um I, I think having the ability to play with Aether Vial, which I think is still another card that is like wildly underplayed. Um being able to play that into a format where I think Murktide looks like it's going to be successful just at the gate. Um, they've, they've got the islands for you already, so you're just going to be able to, you know, island walk all over them. Like, I don't know. It, it seems like a, a solid place to start. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, Timefinder is a really strong card, so mm-hmm. I can see it. Yeah. Okay, I know we have uh, talked about the format as much as I think reasonably possible for Modern and Legacy, um, and obviously there are plenty more things we could talk about in terms of, you know, there are other thoughts on this. And I, I'll post this, or, you know, put this in the show notes, uh, just so people can check this out if you haven't already. I'm sure most of our listeners have, but, you know, never hurts. Um, Turtle Weekend. We've got this weekend. I'm excited. You're excited. Uh, I'm really looking forward to actually being able to sit down and play Magic for, you know, essentially three days for us. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to, you know, ad- advise people on before they go to Eternal Weekend. Bring snacks. The end. Yeah, bring snacks and a water bottle. Uh, drink water every round. Go to the bathroom regularly. Uh, if you want to... Uh, well, I know, I think we talked about it last week, but what's the, the name of the... Uh, tater top place that that's super good. Well, calling it a tater top place is disingenuous. Sorry, meatball place. Meatball. El uh, Emporio. El Emporio. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. they do have their. They are a meatball place. They have very good tater tops as well. I really like tater tops, but the meatballs are very good there. Um, so that is an, a pretty good place if you want to go check that out. But, I mean, I think Pittsburgh has like fantastic food. Just in general. Yeah, if you want something pricey, you know, I always hear about how good meat and potatoes is. There's like, um, there's a Thai place I can't think of the name of a few blocks away that's like, <laughs> their their website is just like award after award. Um, so that place was pretty cool. Uh, Condado Tacos down the street is 
very good, although I've heard it's gotten worse. Um, that being said, if you still want to give it a try, apparently they are... Oh, actually, it might end tomorrow. Never mind. I was going to say, they're running a discount on um, gift cards, but yeah. I think by the time this comes out, the discount might already be done. Um, so that might not be helpful, but it might be if you check out the Kandata website. <laughs> yeah, and then I I think in general that the city is very walkable, uh, depending on where you where you're staying, obviously. Um, just make sure that they... I think there, I don't think there's an event this weekend, right? Like, they don't know, like, bike race or something like that. They, I feel like they always have some weird um, uh, event the same time that we're there for Eternal Weekend. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, yeah, if you uh, are in that city, right, it just, it's a beautiful city to walk. You definitely take a, take a look around. You can definitely find some things that are, I think, really enjoyable. So, um, just a... A free advertisement for the the Steel City. I'm sure that's... Is that Pittsburgh actually the Steel City? Am I just making that up? I am the wrong one. Man. It just feels like it should be the the Steel City. I mean, like, maybe it's maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up. Um, talk real quick. Let me, let me search. So, I think we are at the end of the episode, because Billy is saying pointless things. Uh... <laughs> But he was right. It is called the Steel City. Beat him to it. The City of Bridges, the Steel City, the City of Champions, the Berg, and the Paris of Appalachia. I've never heard anyone ever pair the word Paris with Appalachia. But today's the day. Today is the day. So, um, yeah, we should probably get out of here. Uh, get back to our testing. I, I have, I think, most, I think I'm like 73 of 75 cards. I got to test a couple things but i'm uh, i'm excited to to play this weekend uh if you are going to see us i am going to have uh, a bunch of tokens Mapson's gonna have a bunch of tokens so definitely stop by say hello uh we'll give you tokens we'll give you high fives so elbow checks whatever um i'm going to be wearing my uh pink dark depth hoodie um so you'll you'll probably see me pretty clearly um i also will have um, a mask on so if you see me just you know feel free to come up i'm not just i just want to try to be as safe as possible with the with the girls at home so nothing personal i'll look like me no promises to what i'll be wearing probably clothes that is that's a strong strong assertion there yeah clothes would be nice yeah um cool and then of, of course and i i feel like i don't have to say this but i just want to reiterate uh, please, 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 please make sure that not only have you signed up for the legacy main or the vintage main, but make sure you also have your, um, pass. Like I, I personally have not ordered my pass yet. I don't know why I, I, I know I have to pay for the four day pass. I'm just being, uh, you know, holding on to my pennies for as long as I can, but, uh, yeah, definitely make sure that you actually sign uh, get, sign up for your path so you don't get turned away from the event or have to try to rush order it uh, on site. All right. Well, uh, Mapson, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Eternal Weekend. Um, and in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Expedition Map. You can find me on Blue Sky. I, I don't even know if it's still worth saying that. Like, I don't, I don't think Twitter slash X, whatever it is, is actually... I think it has stopped dying, um, but you can find me on Blue Sky too, I guess. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me 
at Bad Luck Bandit. Uh, you can find the show at Depth Underscore Podcast on Twitter as well. And of course, I'll be on Eternal Weekend, so uh, definitely stop by, say hello. Playing uh, Modern, I'll have Legacy, of course, and I'll also have a CDH. I'll also just have EDH too, so. Uh, if you want to try to get a game in, just hang out for a bit. Just let me know, and you know, sure, I'm sure I'll have plenty of time, especially on uh, Friday. I think we I've got like one event that I'm planning on playing, maybe a second one, but I think most of the time we'll just be hanging around the venue, and uh, we'll, <laughs> we will be able to chat with you guys. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely stop by. All right, I, I guess with that, I'll see you next week. See you next week. All right, bye. Given my attempts are green, the scene sees reclaim Untapped sack of flags, don't go seek the planes Then tutor up the stage to pull out your playbill Dark this podcast, our in Billy Mitchell And Michael Mapson on the microphone Dripping in mocks, diamonds, the collector of Curtains up on act one of this magic show Setting the forest so dense it looks decomposed With red lacrary nights crush against death shadow On the legendary lake covered in ice and snow Underneath the surface looks a lonely evil An avatar so dark it could cause a People. The night lunges forward, going for the kill. But death shadow's too tricky, it just won't sit still. It's stuff in denial, compile a stack so thick. The bazooka bug emerges with Gurmax angling. The knight takes a swing at the zombie fishes But falls submerged for such a distance Forsaken in the haze of the street rape fringes Who wanna suffer out, they don't sneak forgiveness The final breath draws a deafening silence A sound so sinister, no one could describe it It's like the subtle cracking of a turtle shell Or the surgical extraction of emerging hell The shards of ice feel a force of vigor The looming fear releases growing bigger and bigger Until a demon's fingers linger toward the shadow of death An all-consuming hush the land goes swept, the night washes up, frozen on the ice. Dried arbors thaw her out in the green sun's light. An expedition map suddenly unfurls, revealing Merit Lage has rearranged the world. 